Welcome to the weekly podcast. I'm Heather from Wiggly Wigglers and... I'm Farmer Phil from the farm. From the farm, indeed. Farmer Phil, how have you got on this week? Tales of death, destruction, depression, drought? Well, yeah, we've had some of those, but they were mostly last week. So this week has been much better. The weather's been good. It's been Hay Festival. I'm allowed out occasionally at Hay Festival, so that's good. And I've had five minutes on the Wiggly Garden at Hay Festival. I enjoyed that. And it's still very dry. Hmm. How is your barley? Because the last time we looked, it was a bit short. Well, I think all our crops are going to be a little bit short. And Nothing certain, wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be a little bit thinner than I would have liked. But I think on balance, they're holding up pretty well. We've had no proper rain really we've had a few showers here and there which whilst very welcome the wind has soon dried that off but I'm quite pleased with how they're holding up they're not burning off yet which is the danger so that if we can have a little bit of rain between now and when they start to ripen just to fill the grain I think we won't be in much of a pickle certainly those east and south of us are in a lot worse state than we are and your sunflowers which we're under threat of slugs well, and my, all sorts. My sunflowers had got to the stage that I didn't dare go and look at the field because I'd spent all my money on this, that and the other to try and control the slugs and plant the sunflowers and all the rest of it and I was not confident that the slugs hadn't eaten the whole lot. But this morning I took my courage in both hands and I went and look and they're all there. And they're in nice little rows. They would very much like a drink, but they are all up, which means they're past the point of a slug being a problem to them. If they need a drink, how do they grow them in the south of France? Do they irrigate them all? Well, they probably do irrigate the driest areas. They're quite drought tolerant. They're very deep rooted. You plant them quite deep and they have a big deep old root on them. And at the moment, they're all right. But I think just to get them to go on and grow they want a drop of rain but the fact that they're there at all is a good start very good i'm very relieved to hear that because we do need extra sunflowers this year because we're launching a range of farmer fills bird seeds to go into farm shops what fun well hopefully we've got the makings <laughs> of half a crop of sunflowers so mm. that's a start this week we've been up to all sorts your show brought to you by heather and farmer phil has got that new feel to it extra interviews it's supposed to be much shorter but so far we haven't managed a shorter there show there was a, a rumor that we got one of them professional interviewers performing on this week's show is that right or not we have we've got nicola goodwin thanks to bbc hereford and worcester interviewed Anne robinson on the wiggly garden now Anne robinson came to the wiggly garden she followed nigella then camilla and then Anne robinson the queen of mean mm-hmm. came to the garden and she planted maiden pink of course she does did and she was dressed in magenta pink with the most amazing high heel shoes now this interview isn't particularly relevant to anything to do with wiggly wigglers but because it was on the wiggly garden 
Here we go. Here's Nicola Goodwin from BBC Heaven Worcester on the Wiggly Garden after Anne Robinson has just soiled her nails with our compost. And she soiled her reputation by calling me Farmer Fred. Yeah, she called you Farmer Fred. <laughs> Here we go. BBC Hereford and Worcester at the Hay Festival. I love Hay. It's my third year here. I had to sort of bend Peter Florence's arm the first year to let me do interviews, but now he's come round. So I think I've got six gigs this year. Do you know what everyone that's seen you so far has said? They say she's much nicer than we thought. No, I know. I do practice a smile for coming to Wales. (laughs) (laughs) And the hair looks amazing. I've I've been given an inside tip. It might have been local. Uh, Yes, Jenny, Jenny made light work of it this morning. And I'm just about to go and interview Chris Evans, and he's had his hair coloured. It's an unfortunate pink in my view, but I wouldn't say that on radio. (laughs) You've done some planting here, but you're not a stranger to gardening. I'm not a stranger to having gardeners. I'm not very good at gardening. (laughs) And finally, what's next for you? Because no more weak link. Well, my books programme is coming back in the autumn, and I've just started my next book, and Watchdog, and Two Lovely Grandchildren. And lots more pottering in the garden? Um, because I don't want anyone to take away my job, which is being the oldest woman on television. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to the Farmers Weekly, who tweeted me to say, we may have had real royalty. We had the Duchess of Cornwall on the Wiggly Garden planting... Marjoram. Toad flax. Close. But now we have had rock royalty. royalty. And that's because we had... Bob Geldof, Sir Bob Geldof, came on the Wiggly Garden and bought one of our British jugs. If you want the same one as Bob, you need to search on jug on the Wiggly website and you'll see all the floral jugs that came up and you can pick one the same as Bob. And then on the Wiggly Garden, we had the Transition Farming event, which was organised by Russ, who works with you, Phil. Yeah, Russ has been cooking up this for six months or so, I suppose, and he's been gradually collecting together farmers, consumers, rural business people, anybody concerned with... Local authority folks. Local authority, anybody who's concerned really with food, so that puts most of us in the frame, doesn't it? Basically, he's been getting them to talk to each other about the idea that if farming as it is now, if food production as it is now is not sustainable, what are we going to do about it? Because if we keep saying it's not sustainable and it's like that forevermore, then it becomes sustainable. It so is. it can't be like that. So that perhaps we ought to start thinking about how we address the bits of the production cycle that worry us, such as oil. And so he's had four dinner parties thus far with a mixture of people, which, interestingly without steering from him, have each tended to steer themselves to a different topic. So he's ended up with four good topics. And last night was the first time that he collected the whole shooting match up together at Hay Festival. And we got to meet everybody who'd been to the dinner parties and we got to meet some extras as well who he'd invited along. We also went to a presentation at the festival entitled World Food Security, which was interesting, although it's rather a big subject to do justice to in an hour, I felt. And then we had... um, Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
And speaking at the festival on food security was the one and only Rosie Boycott, Dennis Murphy and Chrissy, who was the... Farm Africa. Yeah, lady. Yeah. And one Sir Colin Spedding. And would you like to tell me how you know Sir Colin Spedding, Phil? Uh, well, yes. Um, and this was announced during the event that there was one person in the audience, Phil, that had been thrown out of university by Sir Colin Spedding. And, Phil, who was it? Um, a farmer, Fred. <laughs> It was you. It was. Now, then we went on for uh, drinks and a bite to eat, and you made a pledge and I made a pledge. I didn't make any new pledges. I reinstated my pledges that I'd made at the dinner party. Oh, well, I made a new pledge. Did you? What did you pledge? I pledged because a chap came up to me on our show garden this, this week and said the environmental impact of outdoor pigs was miles and miles and miles worse than indoor pigs. And so I immediately dismissed it from my mind because I don't believe it, but I pledged to find out and prove one way or the other what was the actual case because I think it's always easy to pick on something like maybe it could be that muck leached into a watercourse, but then indoor pigs produce muck too, so I'm not sure about it, but I'm going to find out. I think it is worth just adding at this point that my opinion is that in dealing with the environmental impact and sustainability of agricultural livestock, so livestock for food production, it is only fair to account for the carbon fixed in the food that they eat, and it is our responsibility as consumers to account for the carbon in the food that we waste, i.e. throw away do the maths correctly and then judge what the methane emissions, CO2 emissions and so on look like then. They won't be great, but they'll be a lot better than the way the figures are worked out currently. Anyway, there we are. That's all I'm going to do. What's your pledge? My pledge originally was and continues to be two things. One was to continue to grow my meat box scheme, which we are doing quietly. It is quite quietly, but it is growing and all our customers seem very satisfied. So that's the main thing. And the other part of my pledge was to continue to promote myself as an advocate. So to promote good sense in farming and communication between farmers and the public in general or anyone else who wanted to communicate with farmers to keep those communication channels open. Lovely. Now it's time for Terry at Hay divulging some of his veggie gardening secrets. Okay, it's time for the Terry tip. What I want to know, Terry, is how to keep your plants happy when you're feeding them. Well, the, the important thing is plants are much like us. They might not be able to speak, but they have lots of feelings and need to be looked after properly. And they need a good, varied diet. People tend to feed them the same thing day in, day out. But what I like with my plants is to get plenty of good organic feeds. And I'm back to the natural. I mean, I have my two wormies in full production by the summer. And the wormie is brilliant, again, on a regular basis in the watering can. But you would get fed up a drinking worm. I would definitely would, yeah. So occasionally then, the very big treat is a bit of the bakashi liquid because this is a very 
important liquid, lots of good natural nutrients in it. Give it that. And again, one of my other secret ingredients is sheep manure in a sack, in a drum, into a watering can, and that's brilliant again. And occasionally, because you're Welsh. Yes, because I'm Welsh. You've got to keep them happy with it. We got with all this sheep manure. Got to go somewhere, Absolutely and it's right. got to go into my feed. <laughs> But then occasionally then you do spend a few coppers and you go out and I'm and because I'm organic again, I don't tend to use the, the stuff you can buy. If you want to use so these phosphogens or these milk, it goes carry on, it depends what your nature is. But I buy seaweed extract. It's a bit expensive, but it's a natural substance and it's got all the nutrients. So again, it's all about feeding them regularly. And again, people tend to water a lot, but I don't just water, I put a, a diluted feed every time they get a water in they get a feed to go with it so that way they get in plenty of nutrients and the plants grow big strong and healthy and can ward off pests and diseases and that's the best way good varied diet for them wards off pests and diseases get a wonderful harvest and everything in the garden is hunky-dory fantastic thank you terry now for a monty cast a monty compost cast a weekly fact on composting Composting is an entirely natural process made by Mother Nature herself. In every field, forest, wood or jungle, plants die and decay. They are fed upon by the organisms living in the soil and eventually the plants break down and become humus, which creates a healthy base for growing once more. Just before we go, we're off to Oregon next week to look at grass. It'll be green, perhaps. Um, Any thoughts on the drought? Is it really a drought? Is it 76, Phil? It could very well be. It's certainly serious, more serious in the east and south of our country, but probably in comparison with the sort of droughts that Australia put up with, this is nothing. But we've certainly got incidences of complete crop failure and quite a lot of fairly serious partial crop failure. And so, yes, it, it is serious, the nasty thing about drought is it has a knock-on effect so the longer that we go without significant rain the longer it will take to recover and what I mean by that is that if it stays dry now through the summer we will have serious troubles establishing next year's crop so it will knock on to next year we'll have problem with the ground being too physically hard to deal with in the autumn and the crops won't germinate because there won't be any moisture so it's quite awkward, although there was significant rain overnight in the southeast, it's going to take more than that to fix it. I'm so pleased because this will give you plenty to moan about for the next 12 months. Well, interesting. And I am the one that's got something to moan about today. I wouldn't like to think that you'd learn from me how to moan. Well, you won't believe this, dear listener. We're most grateful for all of you that came and saw us on the Wiggly Garden at Hay Festival. What fun we had. But this morning, I went to let the chickens out and somebody has stolen five of our chicks. So we are currently launching a chick hunt. So if you've seen five chickens near your house that look in any way like the Wiggly chickens, let me know because we have lost five chickens. They were secured safely, so somebody would have to go through the back nest box and got them out and I think it was very early this morning. Now, if you are a chicken catcher and you're listening to this podcast, I've got a little suspicion of who you are and I'm going to get you. (laughs) 
Yes, be very afraid because wherever <laughs> those little chicks are, mm. herself won't be very far behind them. I'm definitely going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> bye from me. And bye from me. If you need any goodies, go to www.wigglywigglers.co.uk.